0: And I picked up the phone. I can remember it clear as day. And a social worker was on the phone. And it was actually our adoption social worker. And she wanted to know that Everly, our adopted daughter's biological mom, had just given birth to another baby. They knew that she had been pregnant and they weren't going to tell us. So we had no idea. But she gave birth early to a four-pound baby premature in the NICU. (laughs)
1: Welcome back to Adventure Parenting with Grace. I am Lori Donahue and this is the Gospel Parenting Podcast, where we will walk with you through the joys of parenting and the most painful challenges so you can rise with courage, practical strategies, and hope to parent with purpose. If you have ever had questions about God's sovereignty, about God's being in charge and in control of aspects of our lives— then this story is for you. Heather Fowler returns this week for her second of three episodes on adoption and foster care. Heather goes on to explain the way God has worked miraculously in their family's life, and I think you will be gripped as you hear the things that God has done in their family. So with that, I think we will just hop right in and listen to this wonderful, wonderful story. Did you know that we have two that we've adopted? No, I didn't know that. Oh, yes. this just so beautiful. I, oh, I totally want to hear it.
0: Yeah. So we finished, we had our adoption day and we actually called our agency and said, you know what? We want to have just a break from all the things. We just want to be the Fowler family of six and not have social workers in our house. We just want to regroup as a family. And so we actually uh, called I don't call it for kids right now. We just, we need some time. And so also felt like, you know, we have four kids now. So that's that's a small, a small house. And they didn't know if we were going to step back into it ever again. Just didn't know. And so about four months after adoption day, God just put it on my heart again. Of, I think we're supposed to open up to becoming just a foster home. Like without the intention of adoption, we have a license. We've gone through all this. We have space. So life has called in and let them know that we'll open back up. And... Prayed about it as a family. We were all in agreement. And so we called our agency and and let them know. And this was the month of July. So we were called four times that month for replace him. And th- did our typical Fowler family protocol of, Okay, we'll get back to you praying about it as a family. I'll been back in every time we said, Yep, we're all in, we'll take we'll take the kids and it's typical to get calls and for things not to work out because maybe they found a biological family member that will step up and, and take the kids or maybe there's a sibling set they need to stick together. And so every time we said yes and it didn't work out all those four times. Then we got called in the beginning of August a fifth phone call and I picked up the phone. I can remember it clear as day and a social worker was on the phone and it was actually our adoption social worker. And she let us know that Everly, our adopted daughter's biological mom, had just given birth to another baby. Yeah, and they knew that she had been pregnant and they weren't going to tell us, so we had no idea. But she gave birth early to a four-pound baby premature in the NICU. And because we had already adopted, you know, the sister, we got basically first right refusal. And oh, that was mother. the first time that I broke our rule and just said yes. Uh, of, of course. course. So, we yeah, actually got to go to the NICU and hold her and she was the tiniest baby i'd ever seen
1: i don't know if you can tell but you're bringing tears <laughs> to my eyes it's just so beautiful
0: it like we just are like whoa god just we had no idea another baby was coming and just the timing of him putting it on our heart to say yes again and it was just boom 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 nope this is the one that i have for you guys and and so we had to bring her home at eight days old she was four pounds had to get a premature car seat for her and putting her in my car seat, I felt like I gave birth to her. That's how connected I was. I mean, yeah. it was instant.
1: To see her so much and held her and...
0: Yeah, yeah. And knowing so, that,
1: that Everly was her sister just made even a tighter, yeah. tighter bond.
0: It actually was even harder that we fostered Eden for a year and a half before we could adopt her. And yeah, that season with Eden was even harder. I think I... Was so fearful we were going to lose her. She was such a tiny baby. She was my daughter's sister, so she was part of our family. And so I had a lot of fear throughout yeah. that doctrine that she wasn't going to be with us and that she was going to go back to a really tough situation and choose the new life, you know, um, and fail. So but it's God's plan for her to be part of our family. And so her and Everly are just as tight as tight can be. What's the age difference? So Eden is 10 and Everly is 13. Okay. So three years yeah. apart. Yeah. Yeah. They've just been the greatest gift and joy. And, you know, it's been really mind blowing to our God just do it. Yeah. He He's a miracle yeah. worker, you know, yeah. God continued to do the craziest work in our family with starting a foster care ministry that just. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. It's so cool. So cool. So when did you decide
1: you wanted to do that? And what caused you to think, I want to start this ministry? You and your husband yeah. were in on this together, but you were kind of the. Period, if I remember correctly. Is that right?
0: Yeah. So basically, as we were going through our foster care process with both Everly and Eden, we were deeply rooted in our community and had so many people praying for us. So we had Eden's adoption, pair second adoption. We filled the courtroom with more people than they had ever seen. Like it was so packed out with friends and family that came to celebrate with us. And so, really, like we were just really vocal about the process and had people really kind of following us into foster care at the time and so a lot of friends were saying like okay the fowlers are doing this i think i could do this and you're an example yeah it's just really sweet that god is able to use our family in a bigger way even and we had just come off of our second adoption and so that was five years of just tackling the foster care that was just really hard and whenever we had a friend that was saying i'm going to do this too I just felt so burdened. Like we have to make sure they're fully taken care of and fully supported because this is really overwhelming. Yeah. And uh, even while we were going through the process, someone that hasn't walked through it doesn't know really what you're going right. through. And so because at the time when we started this so many years ago, we didn't really know any foster families. And I just remember thinking like, I don't know who to talk to about how I'm feeling and how overwhelmed I am. And so we through that five years really started gravitating towards people who were becoming foster parents to just wrestle through everything together and like kind of had this community that we were all like-minded and but we went and sought that out because we didn't want to be alone in it and mm-hmm. so as we had friends following us through the process i just wanted to make sure that they were fully taken care of and
1: you knew what you had been through and yeah. you knew how you could help them and what yeah. they needed yeah. yeah
0: it's just such a unique world you know like anything any of us choose to walk through it's like there's so much compassion and care for people that are walking through something that you've done that's been really hard. And so I ended up just starting this little Facebook page called Helping Foster and Adopted Families. And basically, as we had friends that were going through the process of getting certified and needing to get their combs all ready for a little one, I just knew there's people in our community that have kids in their garages that their kids have outgrown or their car seats that they're done with that they'd probably love to talk on to a family taking a kid and so. I just started this little Facebook group, basically just putting that out there. Like, hey, if you have these items, we have these people going through the process. Let's connect you guys together so that you can support the foster care community. And it took off like crazy. I would come home every day to dust left on my driveway every single day. I mean, it it was crazy how many people were excited to just be able to support the families doing the work, even though maybe they didn't feel called taking kids, you know. Right. And so it got so crazy and everything was just in our house. So our garage was packed with donations, packed within like a month. And I used to tell my kids, like, don't you open our garage and you look like quarters. But it just was like, wow, there's this missing piece in our community of so many people are wanting to be a part, but maybe they're not called to bring in kids, but they want to help the families that are called to bring in kids. And we just had a picture of what that could look like in our community, the kind take care of the foster care problem you know yeah if we're all working together and all the parks are coming together more kids get to get into Christian homes they're getting supported and and so that was really just the start of really just helping the people that we knew Good in our own personal friend group you know that we're going through the process and so then we realized like I think that this could be something bigger like maybe that has more for us than this and so we actually went through the process of becoming a nonprofit and getting our 401 c 3 and getting incorporated and making it legit. So, yeah, we ended up having a whole big, huge warehouse and office space and supporting thousands of kids and family. The biggest events that had ever happened in Ventura County as far as, like, foster care conferences. And it was so cool, Lori, because, you know, we're just so mission-minded and everything is about the Lord. All of this. That's all it's about. And so even putting on conferences, you know, we would have 350 people come out and attend. The county, which is, you know, not a Christian organization, would fully help fund it. We would have pastors speaking. It would be at a church. Uh, Our main speaker was always, you know, his main message is, who is God in light of foster care? And so all these unsaved foster families were coming into a church or a conference where they were getting fully filled back up after they're doing the kind of work of fostering, and it was just So cool. That's so amazing. Yeah. And for just so many families, even through those conferences, we did those for four years, I believe. So many people were signing up to become foster parents. And so it just took off in Ventura County. It was a place for people to come and find out if that's what they wanted to do even. Yeah. And totally encouraged. A lot of the messaging of, you know. We're not all called to do the same thing, but we are all called to do something as believers. And so Mm -hmm. whether that's being on the supportive side or being the actual hands and feet that are doing the work, there's a place for everybody. And there's a way for everybody to be involved and to serve. Mm -hmm. So I feel like our ministry is Child Hope Services. And I feel like that is what Child Hope Services became. This place where everyone can do something. yeah And really like we all come together with this same heart. Beautiful outcomes happen. We went to so many adoptions and... Just the craziest stuff, you know? That's so cool. you
1: rejoiced with them and you
0: yes. encouraged
1: them and there were some sorrows that you probably shared yep. with a lot. them. Yep. Yeah.
0: Not even on the reunification side, we were able to, with families were fostering kids and building a relationship with biological families when reunification was happening. So then the child goes back to mom and dad as, as mom and dad are getting their places set back back to, to bring their child home. Our ministry was able to provide resources to the biological families that needed support. And so, you know, whether that was the crib or a car seat or clothing, whatever they needed, as they're bringing their child back home, help them feel supported. We would actually go through the foster parent and let them be the one to bring the items to the foster parent so they can continue that bond and that relationship, that support system. So you have moved
1: out of state to yep. another state and you are continuing this ministry in your new state. Yeah,
0: yeah. tell me how that's going. We closed down our warehouse in Camarillo. Sadly, that was a really hard day. And it's just been such a passion project of Daniel and mine and just so closely connected to us. We didn't feel like we could just leave it. And so we moved out here and it's really laid it down before the Lord and I wanted him to do whatever he wanted. And so we've not been in a rush to start things back up. We're just kind of moving slow. but as he would have it, our church, which is a <laughs> mega huge church, two months of us being there, so last fall, they announced that they're starting a foster care and adoption ministry.
1: Wow. And
0: they had heard that we had done this before and after we would actually run it. And so it was like no so crazy. Like, okay, Lord, you know, we're just praying and asking, what do you have for us here in Texas? This is a huge state, a cool new area. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get established with a family, you know, and he already is inviting us into bus care ministry here. And so, yeah, so for the last about eight months, we've been helping run that. And also running our ministry kind of parallel to that, so supporting families at our church. And, yeah, it's feel like God's just kind of slowly moving. You have the tools now. Yep. So when
1: things fall into place, yep. you know what you need to do.
0: Yep, exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. So... Was there nobody here that could take over uh,
0: Child Hope here in California? Honestly, the moving part was, it was all kind of this whirlwind, as it is for so many that are moving. And so it just felt like too big for us in that moment to leave it. Yeah, and really, it's just we were so involved in every single bit of it that we just felt like it it was supposed to come with us. There's, There's ministries there, so we didn't leave the area high and dry at all shelter care repairs is one that we really love we actually were able to support them with a lot of our staff it was really neat actually before we moved we had about six or seven christian women's resource centers pro-life women's centers come and take diapers and clothing and so in hindsight i wish that we would have been more aware to partner with those ministries also because Receiving the resources and people were able to donate their youth clothes, and we would go through it, or you know diapers and all the things. That part was not hard for us. God blessed us that way that there was an awareness of Child Hope and donations would come in, and that was so cool. When we moved to be able to support those ministries and the work that they're doing, which we're so aligned with. So
1: yeah, is there any opportunity or chance of in the in the corporate world? They call it franchising, mm-hmm. but of spreading.
0: Yeah, other areas yeah you know. so we have we we our first launch was in utah oh yeah Well, i didn't even yeah. know this is yeah I'm learning all kinds of things today <laughs> that one was around for maybe a year and a half to two years and there were some huge challenges and they worked really hard and it just wasn't gaining the traction um that they were hoping for and so that was around for about a year and a half and then we actually launched in santa barbara county as well and had a unit out of santa barbara and about three volunteers that ran that and that one was around for probably about three years is my mm-hmm. guess maybe a little bit longer mm-hmm. but you know as volunteers kind of come and go if it's not right in the space that you can work it it's just the challenges of all that but right. yeah i mean we were covering santa barbara county we were covering la and valley and and so yeah wow.
1: that's really neat mm-hmm. that it's so good We'll stop there. I just love Heather's story and I love Heather. And next week, we will complete the final episode of her podcast series on foster care. She's got a lot more to share for the person who is fostering now or considering fostering. She's going to go into three ways of how to meet the emotional needs of the kids in foster care And her mindset in ways to encourage the kids and also to encourage the parents. So you won't want to miss it. So be sure to come back next week. Subscribe if you haven't. And remember to rest in the Lord this week.